going on? Welcome back to another ESL podcast, man. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, and today we're getting into the good, good stuff, man. We are going to be talking about comparatives. That's right, people. Comparatives and superlatives, but we're going to be speaking about things that are true for us. And so again, guys, if you guys want the majority of this, don't worry, it's on the Business English Podcast badge. But nonetheless, what I have here are some really good cues in regards to completing sentences that are true for you. And before we get into that, we're going to be discussing statements and, of course, which ones are true for you, using, obviously, comparatives and superlatives. But before we even get into that, we're going to look at some of uh, the cities around the world and discuss whether or not they are the hottest, coldest, driest, or a wettest, okay? Now, example, what do you think is the coldest city in Europe? You're going to say, oh, I think it's Moscow, okay? So me, if we look at Athens, I really don't know much about Athens or Berlin, although I know Berlin a very, 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 very long time ago, it would be absolutely frigid, right? Uh, Istanbul, get this, I just realized that it snows in uh, Cappadocia. Can you believe that? Just found that out about a year ago. Big shout out to all my beautiful Turkish folks. London it has the most dreary weather, I believe, in all of England, okay? I heard, man, it snows. I mean, I'm, I'm, wait, I think it is, there is sun. I don't know how many days a month. Let's just put that. I don't know how many days a year. It's very similar to Seattle, although London is far worse, I believe. Madrid, don't know much about Madrid, but big shout out to all my Spanish. Moscow, big shout out to my folks who live out there in Kalingsgrad, but Moscow, my goodness, oh my God. Talk about cold on so many different levels. Oh, Jesus. Rome, Stockholm. Now, I love the Swedes. Okay, there aren't that many Swedish people that listen to my podcast. That's perfectly fine. But I remember I was out there on a beach at, oh my God, at a very infamous party that is no longer a party because it's pretty much dead. It's called the Full Moon Party. It was very popular about a decade ago. Now I don't believe it's popular anymore and I don't believe people still go to it because no one really talks about it anymore, unless dependent on what social groups you're in. But I remember I met two women from Sweden. They had beautiful blonde hair. They were the most nicest individuals I had ever met in my life. Um, and other than that, Sweden, I believe that they have maybe during the winter four to six hours of sunshine a day. I can't live in a place like that. Now let's talk about Asia, Bangkok. A lot of people believe Bangkok is hot, 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 hot. Guys, during the winter season, it's not bad. We had a very mild summer also. Yes, there are some days that if you're standing at a platform and again, there's just exhaust and pollution and you're getting beaten down by like 35 degrees Celsius type of temperatures, it's going to be hot, it is. But I believe that there were much hotter days before, okay? Because over the past couple of months, yeah, there were days that I get to work and my entire tank top, which is basically the shirt underneath my dress shirt is completely soaked. But Bangkok is a little bit different. It's not what it used to be, all right? Beijing, don't really know much about China. Hong Kong, Oh my God, while I was there and I went there during August, hottest place on earth. And then you have these towering condominiums that are literally just hanging over your head. Literally, I mean, listen, Hong Kong, those couple of days I was there and even in the evening, honestly, any day in those days in Hong Kong was hotter than 
all days that I've been in Thailand in eight years. Let's just put it that way. Unbelievable. Haven't been to Jakarta just yet. I've been to Bali only. But Seoul, very dreary, very cold, not much sunshine. I don't know. This is what I hear. This is what I hear. I mean, it's like piercing. But the, 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 the type of cold that you have to deal with out there, it pierces your bones. It is just a stabbing sensation, as people would say. Singapore is a little bit hot. As a matter of fact, Singapore, I believe, is a little bit hotter than Bangkok at times. And the times that I went there to Singapore, I remember those hot days in Singapore more than the hot days that I know out here in Thailand. Now, you would say, well, Arsenio, you normally work in a language center and you're under air conditioning. The only time you have to beat out the heat is when you have to, uh, I don't know, go to a place that's a little bit further away. Yes, I completely agree. When I have to walk through the slummy areas of Wamak, which is in the eastern suburbs, a little bit closer to the main international airport here in Bangkok, I have to go through these very ugly, it's a canal. It's a canal with a green river. They have these monitor lizards that, that stretch about a meter to two meters long swimming in these dirty, oh my God, who knows what's in those canals? And it's a slum area. But for me to get from there, that airport link station to the main road, I must go through that area. And so there it is. And you know, it's really, it, I enjoy it. And by the time I get through that area and get on the little thing, yes, I'm sweating a little bit, but Singapore's tough. It's a tough place. I remember being in those botanical gardens just outside Marina Bay Sands, and it is no joke out there. Taipei haven't been there. Tokyo haven't been there. But in saying that, let's discuss these statements now. Which ones are true for you? Holidays are more stressful than work? B, a fast internet connection is more important than a comfortable office? Or fast internet connection is more, uh, more important than a comfortable classroom, depending on how old you are. Or a 35-hour work week is more productive than a 40-hour work week. Now, let's unpack some of these questions first. Holidays are more stressful than work. Guys, holidays should be very exciting. If I go on a holiday and I get to Los Angeles Airport or McCarran International Airport out there in Las Vegas, I know uh, I'm excited. I'm excited because once I get to the airport, I'm like, oh my God, this is the first leg. And I know I'm not going to have any problems with immigration, passport control, or anything. But the problem is being out here in Thailand, it's unbelievably stressful. Now, before I even get into Thailand, when I get to Chonggi International Airport, people walk up to me and say, sir, can I help you? I go through immigration within two seconds. It's, it's like electronic. And then I could eat at Nando's before going through inter, uh, immigration. Then I could sit down and relax on couches. Like Changi International is the number one. I know that I'm not going to deal with anything. And the reliable public transportation is phenomenal. But as I've stated before, think about it. Me living a little bit on the western side of Bangkok, it is far more stressful being here than it, uh, I'm sorry, far more stressful going on vacation, like before leaving Thailand, let me hurry up and just run this through you. You don't know if the train's gonna work. No, it's, I'm not saying the train breaks down all the time, but depending on the morning, depending on the time you go, and before the lockdowns had occurred, before COVID, it's, you're unable to take a train between seven and 9 a.m., depending on what part and what station you're at, because there are just too many people on the train. 
And so imagine going to one station called Payatai, switching to the airport link. You have to hope and pray that the airport link is working. Sometimes people get trapped on it for five hours and the government just shrugs their shoulders. So, okay, finally take the airport link and then you get to the main airport. Then I have to move cautiously the entire way because all lies are on me. I'm always the token or let's just say the untoken black dude. So when I'm walking, I'm very free, you know, I'm going up the escalator, I'm looking at things and you know, I just know I'm keeping my eye on security. I'm keeping my eye on airport staff, on the police. I get to the gate, well, I don't even get to the gate, I'm looking, and this is the last time I went to fly out of uh, Suwanapum Airport, which is Bangkok Airport. I remember I asked this lady, I said, oh, where's Vietjet? And she looked at me with the most disgusting look on my face and looked me up head to toe. This is the, and she didn't even tell me, she just ignored me. And I'm like, see, why do you, and, and, and then I'm like, you know what, because COVID shut down, these people are very deserving to be out of a job. I hate to say that, I really do. But a lot of people at these hotels, you know, me walking into a hotel six years ago and the lady was like, oh, I wanna see your visa. I, Excuse me, oh my God. Do you think I'm just some, uh, uh, it's just amazing. So again, guys, this is, I guess we could coin that traveling while black in Asia or traveling while black in Thailand. Getting to the ticket counter is no problem. Going through security in Thailand is no problem. But passport control always seems to be a problem. So I always go to the men instead of the women. Because the men, they're more straightforward. Don't go to the older men. Go to the younger men. They just do their job. They check it out. Okay, done. Boom, boom. No problem. Women, they have a tendency of looking at my passport page by page. And I tell them, I say, rail, rail, meaning hurry up. You're pissing me off. And you're, you're doing this because you're living life through a dying paradigm. You're living life through, oh, I have to check this black guy because he is bad. So I don't deal with older people and I especially don't deal with women immigration officers in this country. So yes, from the moment I leave my condominium up until I pass those assholes at passport control, it's unbelievably stressful, but it shouldn't be. Even when I land in Thailand, even when you take off this there's traffic at the airport on the tarmac. On the tarmac, there's traffic. So when I land, standing in, the, in those lines, you just never know. You never know what type of immigration officer you're going to get. Now, if they don't look at you and they just take that picture and they hurry up, find the page, and they write down something, and they poop, 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 no problem. That's quick. But if they just end up looking and looking and looking, that's when I get angry. And I say, is there a problem? I have everything. Hurry up and give me my passport. Thank you. I mean, it's just, it's tough. It's tough out here. So no, I'm not always excited to travel when I'm getting out of, you know, Thailand and stuff like that. But other airports are far better. KLIA1 is a disaster, while KLIA2 out there in Kuala Lumpur is fantastic. Penang is a disaster. Uh, Bali Airport is okay, although they have a tendency of looking you up and down also. I don't know, guys. It's just what I've been through. So holidays do have a tendency of being more stressful than work. Or let's just say the moment I get here through the moment I pass immigration, that's stressful. And then of course, you just never know if your plane's gonna be late because Thailand, the schedule's here, the, the, uh, being late is the schedule. So I'm gonna leave it there. Fast internet connection is more important than a comfortable office. What do you guys think? It's debatable, it's a toss up, right? 
35 hour work week. I don't have to worry about that so much because I'm an entrepreneur, right? And I work at a tutorial center. However, if you say a Saturday is more stressful than a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yes. Because now I'm stuck teaching a lot of these younger individuals. And it's not like their classroom size, classroom sizes. It could be two brothers for a couple of hours. Then it could be one boy. And then in the afternoon, I got this one kid who is just a, just a menace to society. And so that is just very energy draining for five and a half hours. Sunday could be much worse because it's pool and tea time at from 10 to 12.30 p.m. A couple of business English students who just don't have the ability to carry a conversation. I have to ask 5 million questions. It's difficult, guys. Go into the afternoon. I got a class of seven students. One is just always crying and this and that. Guys, you get it? You get it? So to be honest with you, during this shutdown, I'm a little bit happy right now. Saturdays and Sundays are far more stressful. And you know what's even worse? I don't make much money out of those days either. So just wanted to put it into perspective for you guys. And in saying that, guys, let's switch this up. Again, if you guys want to do more comparative stuff, it's going to be available on my blog. But now we're going to be going on to superlatives. So this is really good. A through I. First question, the most difficult thing about your job is, write a couple of sentences. What are some difficult things that you have to endure every day? Me, obviously, I just explained it to you. Saturday and Sundays, it feels like a job. I don't have a job. When I coach, I don't feel like it's a job. It's what I love. You see the passion that pours out of me, especially in my podcast. This isn't work. This isn't a job. It used to be. It used to be more of a hell of a push than it was, or a pull, push, push, pull. I don't really know what whatever is whatever. But it was more difficult for me to get into a habit to do a podcast as it is today where I just get those podcasts flowing and it's just rampant fire, you know? But Saturday and Sundays, yes, those are jobs to me. And those are just not exciting whatsoever. So I'm just basking in this time frame where I could just, you know, uh, sit back, relax, and just enjoy the ride. B, the most exciting thing you did last year. Oh, my God. What is the most exciting thing you did last year? I know it's tough, man. COVID, 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 COVID. <sighs> I would have to say the transformation program for me. This is when I went in, and you guys may have heard this very, very briefly, but I went in and had to clean out the subconscious mind. I had a transformation coach, and it was a 14-hour type of course, stretched over two weeks, and that was the beginning of a hell of a personal development journey for me. It was uh, inner conflict therapy. It was bang pattern. It was subcoding. It was overcoming limiting beliefs, which was the craziest thing, going into these events and clearing everything out that has been literally hindering my success. That was it. Going into life coaching after that, amazing. Going into um, you know healing sessions after that, even more amazing. That had to be the most exciting thing I ever went through in my life because now I'm reaping the rewards because there's no way that I was going to be able to attain the level of success I have today without clearing up things that were going back way when I was younger. You guys get what I'm saying? So again, COVID, I'm very grateful for it. Had to happen. If there was no COVID and I was just doing the same things, working for the same people who were just depreciating me all the time, no way. I think another thing was living in another province while I was living here too, having, oh my God, two rents, which was not really good. And really, to be honest with you, really didn't profit from that whatsoever. 
Um, but then that place and the place that I lived at, I was like, dude, I hate this place. You know what I mean? And then that's when I ended up quitting. I quit that job because I was no longer happy. And so there was, there was a huge personal transformation for me last year. So you guys get to my, or Business English Podcast, or just type on my blog or wherever, and let me know what is the most exciting thing you did last year. The most stressful thing in my life is, oh my God, stressful thing. Well, the thing is, I don't believe in stress. I handle stress. I act on stress quickly. And I ask myself, I put out all the details to say, what can I do to alleviate this stress? During the COVID months, it was tough because financial stress, right? And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then I said, you know what, what can I learn from this? I never want to be in this position again. How can I have control over my own finances? Second shutdown had occurred at the beginning of this year and I was well prepared. So am I stressed about anything right now? Absolutely not, because I hurry up and I figure out what can I do to alleviate this stress? So what can you do to alleviate your stress? D, for you, the most relaxing time of the day is, oh, relaxing time of the day. I would have to be between 7 and 9, eight, uh, 7 and 9 p.m. Because this is, the, this is when I write down my goals. I have my nightly routine. I'm listening to things. This is when I'm in full relax mode, okay? Because the most the animated time of the day would have to be right when I wake up. That's when I'm just like pouring out a lot of things until 6.30 and then I break into a routine, whether it's going to the gym or going for a run or, you know, getting on a call or getting on a coaching call, which is really good and which sets up the mornings too. Um, Afternoons, not so much. During 3 p.m., that's when I get my podcast and my videos going because that's after I do my little meditative sleep. And then I get all my energy back and then I start firing off until about 6 to 7 p.m. Perhaps get on a call or teach, which is going to start happening or is already happening if you guys are listening to this Monday, Wednesday, Friday going on insane journeys, which I absolutely love to the other side of town to teach a group of seven in a condominium in the middle of a soy. It's pretty remarkable. I just love it. And I finish at five, which is a prime time to finish. Then I just take that little sky train all the way back home. Oh man, I just love it. I love going on these journeys, guys. And on Monday and Wednesday, I have to quickly go from there to the MRT and get to this place to teach IELTS from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. in time. I mean, it's crazy, guys. It's no joke, but I love it. So, there it is. The earliest time I started work last week was, you can answer that, obviously me, 6 a.m., 6 no problem. But again, I don't see it as work. Ask yourself that question. The latest time you finished work was me. It would have to be 8.30 p.m. The most successful meeting you had last year was, well, it had to be meetings, obviously, during the transformation and uh, what is it, the life coaching I went through. How about you? The most interesting person you know. Oh, this is, oh, the, oh my God. When I think of interesting people, well, there was a friend. I really don't consider her a friend anymore. At the beginning of this year, it's just like a breakaway, which is totally fine. Um, but she was someone who does a lot of government projects from India living in Cambodia. An amazing individual. Very high in the level of consciousness 
hearing her energy, hearing the things she explains and how her thought process are and her meditative go. A lot of what she does is just amazing. It really is. Um, she is a very interesting person, given the fact that she went to Cornell University to do her master's and now she's doing huge projects to better humanity in Cambodia. <laughs> I mean, th th there's no other interesting way around it. Now, business professionals and people who achieve stuff and entrepreneurs, that's cool. But when you are like a philosopher and you're helping humanity, there it is. You become the most interesting person I ever met in my life. So the best thing about my journey to work is, you know, <laughs> my journey to work. Now, I work right up the road, about 11 kilometers from here. Um, it's not too interesting. I just take a really quick motorcycle, get on a train, get off, and then take a bus. It's far better than the route that I used to take, which was taking a bus that would just take his time and this heavily polluted city that continues to get worse and worse. <laughs> Do you feel what I'm saying? Um, but now, because things are beginning to change, I missed going on the amazing journeys to work. Now, you guys are like, okay, what's an amazing journey to work? Well, before the government shutdown of last year in about March, I was working at a place. It was really difficult to get to, and I didn't really enjoy it so much because the road and the immense amount of traffic and the, uh, the heat and everything, and it was just chaos. But every time I went there, I would always go into the shopping center, get my favorite pizza, sit down and get prepared to do this and do that. But it was just too late at night. And by the time I get home, it would be very, very late. And I just didn't really like it. But the journey was amazing because I would go, I would take an initial motorcycle, then I would take a train and then take a grab bike, which is another like a moped motorcycle type of thing all the way to my shop, uh, to the shopping place I would work at. But now what I'm going to start enjoying is I'm going to take a completely different route and get off at a place I never have gotten off and take a grab bike into a place I've never been. I love the journeys. To be honest with you, even when I had to go to immigration way on the other side of town, I would take this train all the way to this little location, which is about 55 minutes away, okay, but I'm sitting down the entire time. And then from there, one of the most beautiful sky trains, like the beautiful train station and the surroundings is phenomenal. It's called Wat Prasi Mahatat. Gorgeous. Take a quick grab bike and I would go to the main place I need to get to. You know, they didn't have that before. I would have to go to another place and take a minivan full of mosquitoes and just random ass people <laughs> and they get off and walk a little bit and take another motorcycle. It would just be a little bit chaos. And I would have to take a goddamn taxi all the way back, just stuffed by traffic. Guys, I love talking about these types of things, but I really would love to engage with some of you guys out there. Again, if you guys are interested in business English classes or anything for that matter, please reach out to me. And in saying that, that is the discussion for today. We have some comparatives. We have some superlatives. We have some things that you can end up, that you can talk about with some friends. And what's so great about this is, because we're living through very trying times out there in America, not even in America, here in Thailand, the conversation is, wow, so how was the shutdown for you? How was COVID for you in your country? You should be able to talk about everything and anything. What did you learn during the shutdown? What did you learn about yourself? How did you feel? 
this is when you become an excellent communicator. So in saying that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL podcast. And you better stay tuned for more over and out.